Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. We got a great show for you today. We're going to be talking about a lot of cool stuff, but talking about doing deals, talking about marketing, um, talking about what's going on in our businesses and what's working today. That's what this show is all about, really, isn't it, Alex? What's working today? Absolutely not 20 years ago, but today. <laughs> right. You know, speaking of that, I was the other day looking at an old course that I had that was, I say old, it was done in like 2004. That is Which old. one was it? Um, it? Well, I won't mention the name. But um, it was about wholesaling, and it, there was another one about lease options. So, you know, oh, okay. people even back then were still wholesaling deals and doing lease options back. That's 10 years ago, right? Of and course. I was looking at the course, and, you know, some of the things were outdated. And, but, you know, the, the stuff that they were talking about in there still works today. Go figure. Absolutely. That's, but, you know, it's all the basics right there from yep. getting a property under contract realizing the value of what you've captured and then selling that value. It, it, it's all the same. Yeah. You know, the principles of negotiating and talking to sellers, the, the idea, the radical concept of, you know what, answering the phone and calling sellers back right away. That stuff, Can you imagine? <laughs> I can't imagine that. But that stuff still works. In fact, I think Doug, one of our, our guests today, Doug, I think it was you, Doug, and I'm putting myself out on a limb here. We were talking earlier about um, he's hired somebody from uh, the website HireMyMom.com, and <laughs> she's still working for Doug, I think. We'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but, yeah, he hired somebody from HireMyMom.com as kind of like a virtual assistant. And if this isn't Doug, it's somebody else. <laughs> but now this person, this VA, is answering the calls live and is actually making offers and negotiating with the sellers. Um, so it's, you know, the basics still there and the guys that I see, Alex, like you, like other friends that I have who are still doing a lot of deals and are really successful in this business are good at the basic things, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. I was, you know, I, I just sat down a, a couple minutes ago and I was out trying to outline my deals, try to get organized of where I'm at. Uh -huh. Um, and between what I have right now on the new construction side, uh, rehab and under contract and permitting and developments, um, the number that I have of uh, of that there is uh, it, it surprised me. Oh, really? <laughs> I actually, yeah, I actually have twenty four. Holy smokes! Yeah. What are you going to do with all that money besides pay a bunch of taxes? That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pay taxes. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not talk about taxes. It's too depressing. It's coming. October 15th is coming. <laughs> it's, it's too depressing. I don't, well, let's change the subject. No. Yeah, um, yeah. No, we're going to talk about uh, making money and keeping it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have a friend, a, a guy I know. He was living in Switzerland or Sweden or some really expensive European country, and he was being taxed at his income at the end of the day over 55% of his income was going to taxes. Wow. 55%. Those of you guys out there listening, and you want us to become more like Europe, 
you know, I'm just telling you, you have no idea what you're asking for, right? God bless the USA. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> now, we're paying a lot in taxes here, but, I mean, the upper tax bracket is maybe, what is it, 35% or something like that. So uh-huh. it is a progressive <laughs> tax system, but it's still relatively affordable to do business in this country. So what this guy did, just like what every other smart businessman and entrepreneur does when they're being overtaxed, they leave. They leave the state, they leave the country, whatever. And now he's living in uh, United Arab Emirates, <laughs> and he's paying zero taxes there. And wow. He just moved to United Arab Emirates. He's like, well, why not? He's got a wife and a couple kids, and... Um, not paying any taxes there. <laughs> so his business is virtual. He but does he it online. But he can't live here. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. Anyway. All right. Uh, yeah, you know, pay taxes to whom taxes are due. We get it. That's so, right. That's right. Good, Alex. You know, guys, at realestateinvestingmastery.com, realestateinvestingmastery.com, you get our Fast Cash Survival Kit. And I predict, Alex, that in 10 years, as we're looking back over these episodes and doing some more, because I'm still going to be doing them in 10 years, um, looking back, thinking, remember that course that we did, the Fast Cash Survival Kit? Well, guess <laughs> what? It still, it still works. <laughs> it still works. You can hire virtual assistants to do your marketing. You, the postcards are still going to work 10 years from now, as long as there's still a postal service. Maybe we'll have drones that are flying our mail to virtual, people's houses. Virtual. The virtual post office. <laughs> yeah. We'll have drones flying mail to people's houses, but there still will be mail, and people will still be opening up letters and reading postcards and calling. There'll still be absentee landlords. Um, there'll still be motivated sellers. The principles of negotiating and talking to sellers and making offers will still be valid. The whole idea of finding buyers you know, and finding out what those buyers want and selling your deals to them That'll still be around. It'll it'll still be doing it. So might as well start now, right, Alex? I mean, let's just, why wait any longer? There's so much money to be made in this business right now. I mean, Alex, uh, we've been, you know, in the business for a long time. And uh, I I have seen, I think, in the last six months or so, more people, like more students and clients, uh, friends, making tons of money in this business than I ever have before. Like I had a client... A coaching client uh, sent me a testimonial just two days ago. I can't use his name because he's still working for this large corporation. But since we started working together since uh, in the since April to October, so how many months is that? Five or six months. He's made over eighty five thousand dollars in assignment fees on deals. Wow, eighty five grand! And and he won't quit his job. He's got the golden handcuffs. <laughs> <laughs> but he's he's doing it part-time, and he's promised me as soon as he quits, he'll be on the podcast, and we can interview him and talk about it. But, man, I, I just see – and like Doug, our guest today, you know, doing That's a bunch of deals. Oh, yeah, it is. I have a friend at church, you know. He just did his second deal, and I admit he's a great guy, but I begrudgingly agreed to help him. <laughs> I was a little nervous. You know how it is, Alex. You get people that ask you all the time, can you help me? Can I take you out for coffee or whatever? But you know what? He's done two deals now. His first deal is like twenty four hundred. His second deal, uh, sixty eight hundred bucks. And lease uh, options? Or no, no, regular just wholesale. Regular wholesaling, man. He's hustling. He's hustling. I, I, I just love it. I get so excited about this stuff. So, um, real quick, you're you're heading off to um, 
Sean Terry's Flip to Freedom event. Is that, yes. Is yep. that when on it, the uh, next week. <laughs> all right. So when people listen to this, it'll probably already be over. But you're going to be. I know. So you can't see me. So nah, I'm sorry. Nah. But uh, you're going to be talking about 800 fair offer, right? One of the things. Yep. All right. And 800 uh, fair offer. Do you know if Sean is making those those sessions or recording? Is he going to make those available? Do you know? Um. I think for certain people, they will be available. Uh, I think the VIP people. Okay. So here's Sean's cell phone number. Why don't you call him and ask him? If, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll give you Sean Terry's cell 1-800, phone number. 1-800, you can't have it. <laughs> and you can find just contact their office or something. I don't know. Uh, but send them a – in fact, if you're in Phoenix, just go to his meetup group. He does these monthly meetups. If you want to bring deals to him, he'll buy them all. Um, and you can find out if they are uh, making those recordings available because you get to hear Alex talk about virtual wholesaling, talk about fair offer. And uh, the guy we have interviewing today, and he's probably, again, like all of our guests, really annoyed that he's been waiting so long now, listening to, <laughs> us, listening to us jabber. His name is Doug. And Doug, how do you pronounce your last name? Van Seust. Seust. Does was... not look that way, but... Yeah, I don't know how we get seussed out of out of Dude, that spelling. I feel your pain. <laughs> I feel, I your, feel pain. your pain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't get Alex yeah, started about yeah, junk. <laughs> junk blood. Hey. Junk blood. <laughs> how many times do you get called junk blood over young blood? Oh. Dude, I'll tell you every time, and, and I really need to outsource this, and I haven't figured out a way to do it yet. <laughs> but with, like I said, all these different projects that I have going on, how many times do I need to call the utility companies, you think? You were doing and how that? how many times? Oh, my God. Yeah. An owner of the company has to deal with these people, uh, unless no. I can authorize somebody or something. But I don't, I don't know, but... Every single time it's okay. Listen, this is going to be a little bit funny. A L E X J O U N G. Oh, they say, wait, 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 wait. J? I told you. J. But it pronounces a Y. Oh, Jung No, Young. I bet you. Am I spelling it wrong? <laughs> Man, your wife is probably like, what did I do? What did I get myself into? I'm going to change my oh. name back to my maiden name. It is what it is. <laughs> wow. That is, that's tough. All right. It is. <laughs> uh, well, Doug, um, you're in, where do you live? Southern California somewhere. Isn't it all just one yeah, big I live city? In, it's one big city. I live anyways. in Murrieta, which is, you've heard of Temecula, probably. Yeah, gorgeous maybe. there. Uh-huh. Yeah, Murrieta is basically the sister city. We're just north of Temecula, but we're kind of one big metropolitan area now. I grew up in San Diego, and I remember oh. um, going to Temecula, and it seemed like you know you're going way out in the country, and it seemed like a really far away city. Um, and, and now you can pretty much drive to San Francisco, and you feel like you never leave a, a congested uh, interstate. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, this place has just exploded since yeah. about the year 2000. Yeah, that's awesome. And there's probably. Probably around two hundred fifty thousand people in the uh, in the area now, or so. And you're doing deals in one of the most competitive markets in the United States, which is crazy. And yep. um, I'm sure it is. You have the you have the rights to eight hundred fair offer in Riverside County and San Bernardino County. Is that right? 
Uh, yeah, Riverside County, which is where we are, where I live, and then San Bernardino County is the the county north of us. Yeah, and those two counties uh, make up the Inland Empire. Uh, yes, most of it. Anyway. Yeah, now, Doug was one of our first people to uh, sign on with uh, as a licensee. Could I you? I was. I'm a card carrying 800 fair offer member. I have been from the beginning. Awesome. <laughs> Why didn't you get San Diego County? Was it not available? Uh, it, <laughs> Actually, it was uh, sold at that time. Oh. Uh, I believe. I think I tried to get it, and it was already gone. What about um, Orange but, County? Uh, gone. Same thing. That same thing with Orange. I, I believe at the time, L.A., San Diego, and Orange were all taken, and those are those would be the other three counties I would be interested in. So, uh, Alex, but, do you have a waiting list, or? Uh, you-, you know what? I will look um, because we're going to be um, at the Sean Terry event um, giving people the opportunity if they want to be a licensee. But um, I'll look and see what we have available right now. And if you're interested, Doug, I'll let you know. Well, and Alex, if sure. somebody listening to this podcast wants more information about 800 Fair Offer, do you have a website that they can go to? Or Absolutely. So you can check if your county is available by going to the page 1-800-FAIR-OFFER.COM forward slash register. And on that page, you uh, have a drop down menu. It'll show you what's available and what's not. Yeah, that's good. There's, um, I was looking to go into a new market and uh, I was talking to Alex. And of course, it was a pretty big county and it wasn't available. But there are a lot of counties out there that are still available. And you never know if the county is not available. You could maybe put your name on a waiting list or just here's Alex's cell phone number. I'll give it to you here. Yeah. And you can call him and ask him to just send him a text message every day. <laughs> but uh, so, okay. Now, Doug, um, spouses flipping houses. You're married to Andrea, right? Did I pronounce that right? Uh, yeah, on, Andrea. Oh, I got Andrea it wrong. Is how she pronounced it. <laughs> Andrea. So she, you know, when nice. she married me, she gets, uh, she gets it both ways as well. You know, she gets Andrea Van Soest, and it's really Andrea Van Soest. Andrea, Andrea, Andrea. Okay, That's so okay. Uh, you guys work together, is that right? We do. Yeah, we've been working together since we started flipping houses, two thousand eight. And you have kids, which is crazy. Yes, three yep. of them. It's crazy well, that they have kids. And are working <laughs> together. <laughs> well, anybody who has more than three kids is crazy, which is all three of us. And we're, That's true. We're still married. <laughs> yes. It's awesome. Well, yeah, I, I, honestly, though, it always bugs me when people complain about their kids. And uh, I, I don't think you'll ever catch me complaining about my kids, for the most part, um, intentionally. Okay, but uh, I, kids are so awesome. I, th- I think they are uh, a blessing from God, and uh, I'm I'm re- I love it when I hear people talk about their kids. And um, so, congratulations to you, Doug, for having three kids, and hopefully, maybe you'll have a few more, huh? <laughs> uh, no, we're done with that. Okay, uh, but uh, ah, he's three very kids there. <laughs> <laughs> They're, they're three great kids. We love them to death. They're still young. Our oldest is uh, just turned 12, uh, but we have a, a nine-year-old and five-year-old, and they keep us busy. Good, good, good. So you work with your wife. Uh, how, how do you guys do that? What, how do you handle that? <laughs> well, uh, a lot of years of experience. Actually, we, when we got married, we immediately, within six months, quit our jobs. Uh, at that time, we had, you know, 
corporate normal jobs. And we quit our jobs to go start a kettle corn business together. Huh. And this was in, have you ever heard, you've had kettle corn? This must before? have been, this must have been your idea. <laughs> it, uh, it was, well, it was both of ours. No. Well, here's what, here's what happened was a good friend of ours <laughs> gave us that book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, yeah. which so common, you know, and so that, you know, that was the end of it right there. We read that book and it completely shifted our mindset on, on uh, finances and our future and investing and, you know, working for the man, if you will. Uh-huh. And um, so, yeah, we, we uh, had a friend who was, as a side job, was, had bought these kettle corn kettles, these big pots, and he was popping kettle corn and selling them at all these uh, farmer's markets and, um, you know, events and festivals and things. And he, he was making more money than he was making at, uh, I think Costco was where he was working at the time. Yeah. And um, we just thought, wow, opportunity. Uh, so we said, hey, if you'll teach us everything you know, this was in San Diego, by the way. Yeah. Um, teach us everything you know. We will, we will move out of state and we won't, we won't compete with you, but we want to do this somewhere else. And he did. Um, and so we bought a kettle. We moved to Colorado Moved in with my brother in his basement. Wow. And this was six months after we got married. And we uh, started selling kettle corn in uh, Colorado Springs. And we, uh, within a few months, we had a contract at the, the new Broncos Stadium there, which was in Vesco Field at that time. Wow. Uh, we had the World Arena in Colorado Springs, the Air Force Games, all kinds of farmer's markets. And we were, we were uh, entrepreneurial and business owners in our mind, which is what we wanted to do. And um, had a blast doing it. And then we, we actually sold that company a, a couple of years later because we wanted to move back to California uh, to have, start having a, you know, a family, start having kids. And my wife's parents were back here, and we wanted to be back, back in Southern California. And that company is still going today. If you ever go to a Broncos game, there's still kettle corn there, that uh, mountain high kettle corn. Go so get some. it was a success. <laughs> so it must have been her idea. It must, yeah, it was her idea. Absolutely. <laughs> it worked. Yeah. Well, that's cool. What did that you know, teach I, you? Go ahead, Alex. You know, I don't always eat kettle corn, but when I do, I eat so much that I wish I hadn't eaten it. <laughs> <laughs> that's a tweetable right there. Yeah, that's the thing. It's, you know, someone also told us uh, one time I heard, if you can ever sell anything that's addictive, you know, legally. <laughs> oh, uh, <laughs> popcorn with sugar yep. mixed in. Yeah, sugar coating it. Sugar <laughs> popcorn. That's funny, and Ooh. you know the markup on popcorn. Hey, yeah, it's pretty good, right? So, were you yeah. actually you're actually making decent money in that business, huh? So, I mean, yeah, for for a newly married couple with you know very little expenses, we worked probably three or four days a week, mostly weekends. You know, we'd take Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday off. Um, but we worked. Uh, it was it was hard work. I mean, we worked really hard, and when we did, but we made a good living for ourselves, and and absolutely loved doing it. You know, the carny life wasn't so bad. <laughs> All right. Well, what did you learn in biz- about business from doing that that maybe helped you in real estate? Well, again, just, just back to Rich Dad, Poor Dad, just, just the idea that there's no limits when you own your own business or when you you know, go to work for yourself, in other words. Um, where we were, you know, you can get a raise every so often of 3% or whatever. Yay. If you're and, lucky. Uh, if you're lucky, and you know, if you're really lucky, maybe you you shift positions and get another another corporate job with another set salary. And uh, not that every position is that way, but that's that's the path we were on. And 
by opening our own business, I mean, it just opened our eyes to, hey, you know, if we can do this, um, everything we make is, is ours and there's no limits to that. How hard can we work? What else, what other contracts can we get? What other booths can we open up? You know, just, just that little mindset shift there. Um, <clears throat> but we always wanted to get into real estate. We, we kind of knew that. And um, so when we sold the business and came back to San Diego, I got my appraiser's license. Andrea got her real estate license. What year was this? And we just started. This was late 2002. Okay. So early 2003, I was, I was an apprentice appraiser learning, learning about real estate. And that's when, I mean, things were really rocking and rolling in probably nationwide, but especially in Southern California. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I, I appraised houses actually from 2003 all the way to 2010 uh, before I, I did my last appraisal. Okay, and you made good money doing that? Yeah, yeah, I made, made good money. It was, you know, it was really busy. A lot of purchases, a lot of refinances that whole time. Things started to change around, obviously, 2008, 2009 when, when everything crashed. There was also some uh, legislation that went in. Uh, regulating who could hire the appraisers and how that went. And, and that really, that really changed the industry. I, I really wouldn't recommend getting into it today other uh-huh. than to learn, you know, if you want to learn, that's great. But um, they created a middleman uh, between the, uh, you know, the client and the appraiser to, to kind of regulate some of that. And it cut out half the profits for, for the most part. Wow. But you learned some pretty valuable skills, I'd imagine, on how to – you became real familiar with, with neighborhoods, with, with how to determine comps, how to evaluate properties. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that was – it was super valuable for, for me and for getting into, you know, eventually flipping houses. But it was interesting. It wasn't until we flipped our first house and actually sold it in 2008 that I, I realized that appraisers don't really think like – <laughs> like investors think. Yeah. Um, and I, I became a, a, a way better appraiser after having, you know, flipped a house or two, just realizing how the market actually reacts to a product, huh. you know, to a fixed house. And um, so I just consider myself a much better appraiser after that. Of course, I quit um, shortly thereafter. But even today, every time I analyze a, a deal, um, I'm looking at it from the perspective of what is an appraiser going huh. to look, how is an appraiser going to look at this property? Right, right. You know, I think it's worth X. I think so many people would come and pay this amount of money for it, but if it doesn't appraise for that, you know, it's not going to sell for that. So you have to analyze a deal with that perspective in mind, unless you're in some kind of a special market where it's cash deals only or something, you know. For sure. Okay. And so what did you guys do? You started flipping houses, I guess you said, in 2008. That was right when the market was collapsing, though, right? So, yeah. So, the market was, was actually falling out of the sky about that time. And we, we, we really we started making offers in early 2008. And we had gone to some seminars and we had you know, taken some education. And, and you know, really, if you want to go way back, the, the whole reason we actually got into investing was from podcasts. Uh, I listened to... Uh, Oh, yeah. Joe, you know the name of it with uh, Judson Voss. Yeah, get real. Get real. Get real real estate investing. Yeah. Get real real estate investing kind of turned us on to the world of real estate investor clubs. And so we searched that, found out some of those and 
just started attending these monthly meetings and learning and, and doing what we could. Um, but we started making offers just on the MLS, on uh, bank-owned homes in early 2008, and just about quit because we didn't get a single acceptance for about nine months. <laughs> and uh, wow. made dozens of offers and, and we're just getting really frustrated and finally got an acceptance um, in August of 2008. And the reason we didn't get any acceptances, I mean, we, we knew the market was dropping about 5% every month. I mean, it was just just crashing. And so we had to kind of figure that by the time we resell this house, it may be you know 10%, 15% lower than what I think it is today. So we were being conservative. We didn't want to get into ourselves in trouble on our first deal. And um, so that's, that's kind of how we approached it. But yeah, we got that acceptance in late 2008. We we flipped the house. We made some good profit on it. And, and I knew immediately after that that, oh, this is what we're going to do. This business actually works. We're going to go full-time uh, flipping homes. And, and we bought two more later in that year. And it's just kind of grown since then. We've never looked back. All right. So even when the market was falling, were you having a hard time selling your properties to retail buyers or were you doing more wholesaling at that time, selling to investors? No, we weren't doing wholesaling then. Um, and, and we didn't really have a problem selling our house because we fixed it correct. We, we knew that you know, we needed to be the best house in that price range. If, if somebody's going to be shopping for a house, all things being equal, and our price is, is normal to everybody else, ours is going to be the best. It's going to look the best, have the nicest fixtures and features. And it'll be the obvious choice. Yeah. Okay. And for the most part, they would sell within a week or two weeks. That's amazing to me. Yeah. I love hearing stories like that because I was just talking to somebody about that earlier today. <clears throat> Worried about whether the market was going to collapse and fall again or not. And really, you got to think about that. Well, why do you need to yeah. even worry about that? Because the market's going to. Well, it is for sure. <laughs> but the markets don't, not like the stock market where. Um, it, it stops and changes on a dime. I mean, literally overnight, the market can yeah, tank. it's gradual. It's gradual with real right. estate, right? You're and, not going to go from right. a house being worth 200 to 110 in right. overnight. Exactly. So right. it's, all, it's really important to watch the market. And this is why, Doug, I think you were so successful even when the market was tanking and selling properties, is you knew what your buyers would want. You knew what they wanted, and you knew what they would pay for those properties. And so you just kept on making offers at, at at numbers that worked, where you know if you sold it, you would make your money um, conservatively. I, I'm assuming is that right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think the numbers on our first house were, you know, we bought it for like one sixty three, and I think it was about thirty five thousand rehab, and we sold it for uh, two eighty or somewhere in that in that range. Um, so. <laughs> You know, it worked out really well. We were we were pretty conservative. Um, yeah. But when you had a, a fixed house that was the best thing around, even though there was a lot of homes for sale, this one was the the move in ready one. You know, it made the obvious choice, and the location was was good. It was a, it was a desirable neighborhood. It was a desirable house. Good. So. Good. Good. All right. So, um, what have you been doing since then? Since 
those first few houses you sold, um, you've seen the market come roaring back again in Southern California. Now the complaint I'm hearing from people down there is, it's too competitive. I can't find any deals. My <laughs> response rate's only like half of a half of 1%. Um, I have to spend like $10,000. Well, not that much, but I hear guys that are doing deals there, they're spending like five grand in marketing for each deal that they get. So what is it like for you yeah. right now? Yeah, I mean, I'm, you know, that's, that's kind of been the reality of the, you know, the direct mail world that I've noticed uh, here. You know, maybe half a percent on average is your uh, response rate. Um, but you talked about people complaining of com- competition. And I don't remember at any time since I've been in this business that somebody wasn't complaining about something. <laughs> sure. It was... Prices were too low, too many foreclosures, uh, not enough foreclosures, you know, too, uh, the financing is too difficult to get, uh, you know, it's too competitive, too many other investors out there. There's always, there's always something. And I find myself, you know, having those thoughts, uh, obviously, uh, uh, you know, occasionally here and there too. But I mean, we just try to stay positive and keep, keep trying to find out where the cheese moved and, and just keep, keep being consistent. Um, there was a point last summer where I think we went like a month and we didn't have any deals, which uh, for us at that time, we're normally getting two or three deals a, a month. And uh, I actually was talking to Todd Toback uh-huh. and uh, we had sent out probably 10,000 mailers the, the month before. And I said, Todd, you know, we're getting no deals and very little response, thinking about shifting gears and doing something different. And he just kind of gave me the advice of, you know what? Now's when you push harder. Now's when you, you know, double that mailer next month. And I bet you, you'll yep. have good results. And sure enough, I'm glad I listened to him. We did the, that very thing and, and, um, had a, you know, really good, a really good, uh, next few months as far as deal flow. So, you know why I think that works? It doesn't work that way every time. I think that works, Doug, because a lot of other people are complaining about the same thing at that point and then they quit. And then sure enough, what happens after that? You're the you're the last guy standing, and you're now getting all the deals when they quit and walked away from it. Um, you know, the the for yeah. some reason maybe we can't explain it, but this, the the market goes in little cycles like that. Maybe it's uh, yeah. there were a bunch of seminars that the previous month a ton of new investors came in and started sending out a ton of direct mail. Um, maybe Toback was flooding the market himself <laughs> with his own direct mail, right? And you both were flooding it at the same time. But if you stick with it, man, it's it's going to come around. I see that so many times. That's good. Yeah. All right. So what are you doing these days mostly? Are you rehabbing? Are you doing any wholesaling? <clears throat> so we, yeah, we do, we do all three. We, uh, we rehab and uh, resell. So your typical fix and flip. We wholesale, uh, which probably about 50% of the stuff that comes across our desk that we get a, a contract on, we're going to wholesale it. Okay. And then uh, we, we pick and choose uh, rental properties. So our goal is, all along has been to collect um, a good pile of, of rental properties for our you know, long-term for retirement and equity growth here in SoCal. And I'm so glad we did that. Um, but so we'll, we don't buy as many anymore because the prices are a little higher. But we'll still pick up a few uh, rental properties as well. So we're probably doing about five to six deals a month on average right now. Um, you know, not not all by ourselves. We have a team. In fact, 
You mentioned uh, HireMyMom.com yeah. <laughs> earlier in the episode. Yeah, I think I got that uh, from you, Joe. Yes. Uh, probably three or four years ago. I don't know. You might have mentioned it. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we, I got on there. And actually, at that time, it was just, just my wife and I. And we hired uh, this, this girl on HireMyMom.com. She lives in Virginia. And um, she was just going to be doing some website stuff for us. And she did that part-time for... What part of Virginia? Uh, she lives in uh, Winchester. It's not your mom, is it, say? Alex? <laughs> it is not my mom. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> my mom lives in Long Island, New York. Ah, you, okay. <laughs> now, Doug got, yeah, think- a, got, Doug got a lady with a nice southern accent. <laughs> <laughs> she, she does have a little accent. Luckily for me, she had a... She had some real estate experience. She used to be a, an agent back in the day. Oh, okay. But uh, long story short, uh, almost two years ago now, um, I just decided to, to ask her one day because she was always good on the phone and seemed to be really engaged with working with us and just offered her, hey, you want to start taking some calls for us and try to, you know, try to negotiate and set up some appointments? That was kind of my first thought, you know, set up some appointments for me. <laughs> and yeah. um she did. So we, we kind of put her on and, and um, uh, real soon, I, she just started negotiating the deals herself, virtually, from Virginia, here in wow. Southern California. Wow. And um, she still is with us today. She's, she's amazing and keeps pumping out deals. In fact, she got three this week, I think, um, which is a good week. So, I, I can hear people kind of adjusting in their chairs and, and leaning forward because they're like, <laughs> you're doing what? So you've got a, you've got a virtual assistant from HireMyMom.com. Yeah. She had some real estate experience. And uh, she's now, so you're doing the marketing. She's taking, is she taking the calls live or just returning the voicemails or what? She is, 95% of our calls go to voicemail. Okay. So she's returning the, the calls. All right. Pretty quickly? Yeah. Uh, as quick as possible. <laughs> okay. Now we do have, like our, our internet leads, uh, when somebody calls from the website, those those link directly and they go right to her phone and she is instructed to answer that call if she possibly can. Yeah. And when she sees a, a web lead come uh, through the system as a voicemail or something or a, you know, uh, online, she's, you know, gets back. That's a priority. She'll get back to that one as soon as possible. Yeah. Good, um, good. And so she yeah. works for you full time? She works full time. Yeah. Right. I've still never met her in person. That's okay. Uh, but just, yeah. You know, we, talk, we talk all the time, though, on the phone. All right, so... We know about that, Joe, right? Yeah, we know. In- <laughs> I don't like meeting people in person. If he, even people in St. Louis don't get to meet me. <laughs> but, um, all right, so this is really cool because you're, 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 you've been equipping her to make... She's making more money because you're giving her bonuses, right? You're paying her hourly, and she's getting... Uh, like a bonus for every deal, is that true? Right. Yes, we pay her. We pay her kind of a base salary, uh, and plus commissions per deal. So the more deals she gets per month, the more she'll make uh, per deal. Um, okay. And we've kind of we've kind of you know played with some different structures, and we've kind of mixed it around. But um, just gave her a, a little raise a few months ago on the bonuses, and, and probably we'll be doing that again, you know, shortly. Good. And Especially then, if she's listening to this, I guess I have to do it now. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So then um, she's actually negotiating these deals 
and getting them under contract for you on the phone. Correct. That's amazing. So I'll negotiate the deal. Um, you know, obviously I, I trained her to do the, the best desktop analysis as possible, uh. ask the right questions, get on Google Street View, uh, you know, all, all those things, do your Redfin comps and try to negotiate a price. And then as soon as we have the, the property under contract, uh, we'll go out and inspect it sure. just to verify that we are what we are. Sure, yeah. sure. And um, a lot of people don't think you can really actually negotiate deals on the phone, but she's doing it. And, and you can always, you still have the inspection period where you can go and get the properties, uh, inspect them, right? What, uh, if you don't yeah. mind me asking, in, in Southern California, because it is a hot market and prices are still appreciating um, compared to the rest of the country, pretty good. What, are you using the standard typical 70% of Mayo or, or does that not work in Southern California? Uh, no, that that pretty much doesn't work for the most part. Um, we had to kind of that that was how we were offering initially when we began uh-huh. uh, that, or maybe sixty five percent minus the repairs. Yeah. Um, right now we can we can sell a wholesale house. The the buyers out there are paying about eighty cents less repairs. That's amazing. Um, so that's kind of the going number depending on where you are goes down a little bit if you get to kind of some outskirt areas. Um, so we're, you know, we're trying to just build in a profit margin in there. So we're probably on average offering around 75 less repairs. It really varies depending on the neighborhood, but that for the most part would be what our offer comes in at. Yeah. And um, the, the cool thing about that is even if your market is hot and its prices are rising and you can still make offers based on what you know your buyers will buy. I was talking Correct. to a friend and a client in the um, Colorado market. I won't say where necessarily, but in Colorado, and it's very competitive there. Houses, you stick a sign in the yard, it sells multiple offers, tons of investors clamoring for deals. You hear the complaints, I can't get any deals, nobody's responding to my marketing. But because he has such good buyers and he knows what they'll buy, they're buying at 85, 90 cents on the dollar sometimes, right? And because he knows that, and he's also very focused on a few key zip codes, and I want to ask you about that in a minute here. Um, but he's able to go in. He doesn't have to negotiate that much, you know. He doesn't have to negotiate that far. It's not like trying to get uh, 40 to 50 cents on the dollar and trying to get a ton of equity. Um, when you've got good buyers that you know will pick up properties at 80 cents on the dollar, minus repairs, that becomes a whole lot easier to negotiate. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Having a, a reliable buyer that you know wants to buy a lot of properties, and after a while you figure out this is kind of what the number they can pay, makes it a lot easier. You know, yeah, you know where to begin. You know where you can end your negotiation, and you know, uh, the better negotiator you are, I guess, the, the better profit you, you'll get there. Sure, sure. So you know, Southern California is really big. I know you have Riverside and San Bernardino and Fair Offer. But when you're doing your marketing, are you just shotgunning it? Are you trying to – I heard this phrase the other day. Are you spraying and praying or <laughs> – Oh, my goodness. Spray and pray. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's a tweetable. That's a tweetable right there. Are you spraying and praying or – No, are, no no spraying here. Okay. Uh, no spraying. We, we try to get really – try to get really focused Strategic on – Strategic marketing. Yes, strategic. 
All right. So what does that look like for you then, Doug? Well, we do focus primarily on the Inland Empire. I mean, that's our bread and butter market uh, right here. But but we market in some form or another to almost all of Southern California from San Diego to East L.A. area. That sounds like um, spraying and praying to me or... <laughs> but well, you- what I mean is, you know, we'll, we'll do specific... Um, We'll do probates in the in certain okay. areas, inheritance lists in okay. certain areas okay. like that. But as far now, as just say you know, inheritance list, are you talking like a list? I'm talking uh, U.S. leads list? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's what I meant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All that's right. a yeah. Sean Terry uh, told me about that one in the beginning, and and um, still one of our better performing uh, lists out there. Is it exclusive? Um, yeah. Uh, it is. I think four three, people. four people. Four now. Well, okay. no, maybe three. I don't know. <laughs> it, yeah, it's something like that. Three or four per per zip code is what the who, is what they'll sell it to. Wow. So we have a lot of the areas here in Southern California. Good for you. Um, so we do that. Um, internet has actually become uh, one of our favorite <laughs> favorite lead sources. Yeah. Uh, we still do a lot of mail, but we we get a lot of. Uh, traffic. Uh, I got a uh, a guy I hired a little while ago who has built us our site and and has been uh, optimizing it for SEO, which is about as far as I go in my technical knowledge of how that works. But uh, we we don't do pay per click. Where it's all organic search, and we probably get five to five to seven eight leads a week or so. Wow! Uh, right really? Now. From organic? I'm surprised. Organic. Yeah, no, not wow. every lead is great. A lot of them are listed, or a lot of them are, you know, this or that. But but there's some definitely some good leads in there. So that's one one of my favorites right now. I'm surprised to hear that, but that's good. Um, now when you are sending direct mail, what are you sending? Just text uh, postcards or letters or. So primarily right now I'm sending uh, letters, and they are uh, a yellow letter style. But they say more than just "we will buy your house for cash." Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little bit. It's a handwritten letter, essentially, that goes into a little more detail. I, you know, I get some of the mail too, so <laughs> I've tried it all. We do, we do postcards, we do handwritten uh, letters, imitation style. We do a lot of different things. But right now, we're we're pretty much just sending out handwritten letters that are in a standard, you know, number ten envelope. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah. I was uh just on Facebook. I was paying attention, but I was I was just on <laughs> Facebook and this guy posted a picture of a seller friend of mine from my mastermind. Uh was posting a picture of a seller signing the con- or the HUD at the title company. The seller actually brought to closing all of the postcards he had received from this guy. And there were oh, seven yeah. seven postcards laid out on the table. As he was right there in front of him as he's signing the HUD. And each postcard was different. And the, the guy <laughs> made the comment. He said, follow up, follow up, follow up. You know, this guy had received yeah. six or seven postcards and a lot of phone calls from him back and forth. And sure enough, here he was sitting down closing a deal. <laughs> so I don't think it matters necessarily the, what kind of mail you're sending, does it? As, as long as you're sending a lot of it over and over again. Yeah, you know, in my experience... People will respond to to all of it. I mean, you may get different people responding to different types of mailers, 
which is which is really why I like the uh, having the one eight hundred fair offer angle as well. Um, but for the most part, it all works. I mean, just you just got to get out there and and get it out there, be sending it on a consistent basis. That so, all works. So, Doug, if if somebody was new and they contacted you, and um, you were going to train them on how to do deals in a competitive market like Southern California. Where would you tell them? And they they didn't have a whole lot of money. Let's say they had a thousand dollars a month to spend on marketing. Um, where would you tell them to do? And how, what would you tell them to start with? Um, if they're here in Southern California, well, I'd tell them to number one, listen to as many podcasts as possible. It's free. You can do it while you're driving around, working out. Great, great education uh, available. Free education available out there in podcasts. Mm-hmm. Probably, if, if they only had like a thousand bucks, I would steer them towards driving. You know, driving for dollars. Okay. Pick some neighborhoods that seem to be good, uh, you know, older neighborhoods probably that are, you know, they don't have to be the best neighborhood, but an area that uh, a lot of sales are happening and drive up and down, look for vacant properties, look for properties that appear to be run down. If you see neighbors out, talk to them. Um, you're just looking for addresses. You're looking for leads to, to sort of build your own list. And then I would, I would mail to those people. So you're not, it's not an outrageous amount. Maybe you get 500 names. Start sending letters to those people. That's what I would do. I, think, I still think that's a great way to, to, to get deals. Interesting. I've never driven for dollars before. Have you, Alex? <laughs> Driving for dollars. Uh, yeah, actually. I've gotten uh, locally. I mean, I kind of, I don't say I'm going to set out and drive around looking for houses. Maybe this is maybe back in 2000. Excuse me, <laughs> 2002. Yeah. Cough button, right? But I tell you, <laughs> cough button. <laughs> yeah, well, back in 2002. Um, but ever since then, no. <laughs> wow. I got a frog in the throat. Um, but I have found a rehab deal or two by uh, yeah. just driving around and be like, oh, that looks like it's vacant. Grass is overgrown. Let's go get that one. Cool. Yeah, I've heard of guys. I've heard of guys that actually will train bird dogs. They have really concentrated marketing campaigns to get bird dogs to drive around looking for vacant properties. Yeah, that that's the route that I would go personally. I've never specifically driven for dollars as a, you know, as a um, like I haven't <laughs> scheduled a day like I'm going to go drive for dollars today. I've done it on occasion, driving around to different houses we have, but but uh, we've you know landed deals that way. So I think the best way to be, yeah, hire somebody um, who's going to go do that for you, and then you can send out the mailers and give them some money if you buy a house or something like that. Yeah. All right. So they would you, you train them to go drive for dollars and send mail to those vacant properties, vacant looking properties. Is that it? Would, would you have them do anything else? Uh, no, I would, I would have them go to Craigslist and start emailing, calling, texting everybody who is advertising a property or looks like a for sale by owner type of a listing. Uh, also, I think what you advocate, Joe, I would, I would go after the uh, people who are listing houses for rent uh-huh. and contact them, see if they're interested in and selling um, definitely deals on Craigslist, just like anything, you got to work for it. But sure, it's free. <laughs> it just takes time. So if, if you're on a low budget and you're just starting out, I'd go there too. 
I would, st- you know, in Southern California, I'd stay off the MLS. I really would right now. Yeah. Uh, wouldn't have been the case in 2008 and nine, but right now anything on the MLS has, you know, so many offers, not that there aren't deals there, but really the, the deals that are there come from some kind of a, an inside relationship or, you know, heads up on that somebody, you know, that the other people don't know about. It's hard to just go to the MLS and start making offers and, and get anything worthwhile sure. right now. Sure. But another thing I would do is follow up. I think you mentioned follow up earlier. Yeah. Follow up has been really a huge, a game changer for us as well. Um, we implemented Podio, Joe. Yeah. Uh, Podio, Joe. <laughs> yeah. About a, about a year and a half ago, Sean Terry actually, that's where I heard about it was from Sean Terry. And then, um, which by the way, uh, who told Sean Terry about Podio? <laughs> I'm guessing you did. Oh, that was me. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. But yeah, you're using yeah, Podio. Okay. And how do you, how are you using Podio? How has it made a difference in, in your business? Well, initially just just the uh the deal or the uh, lead flow, um, excuse me, with seller leads that come in and just being able to make sure that we're not letting any of those slip through the cracks. And, you know, we've been I've been building onto my podio for a year for a year and a half because I just love doing it. So yeah, there's um, automated follow-ups that they'll get once they get in our system. They'll get you know uh, get put into a, an Aweber drip email campaign. They'll get automatic texts and voicemails uh, for a year, fifteen months love later. It. I love it. And we get we get deals from that. You know, six months later, someone will will call. Hey, I just got your voicemail. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I'm ready to sell now. I love that. How do you integrate the voicemail? Uh, so call loop, callloop.com. Uh-huh. I believe that's it. Yeah. Are you so using it, Zapier well, with that too? We are not. I'm sure you can do that. I've not set up the Zapier with it, but what we're doing right now is just exporting um, an Excel every month of all of our leads and put and then importing them into call loop. Oh, get into okay. the all right. So you, you are having to do it that way. Okay. Well, you know, I tell you, sometimes the best automation, I was just talking about this today, the best automation you can have is a good VA, right? And so once a month, you set up a recurring task for your VA right. to export all of your old leads and send them a text, send them a voice message, and send them something in the mail, right? Right. Just have a VA do it. <laughs> cool. I love yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, we, I have my assistant do it, so I'm not, I'm not the one doing it. But yeah, it happens every month. It's uh, it, follow up is, is huge, especially now, when you start. Leads, does everybody in the database, or people that are at a certain point in your lead flow, or how do you do that? Yeah, it's usually if they're categorized, we have a certain button for the the status of that lead, and all the active leads, we are still actively working with them or actively negotiating. And nothing has been determined yet. Those we're we're still contacting personally uh, on occasion. But if you get into the point where you've you've tried to you know to reach them a few times and you're just not getting a response, or or you've made an offer and they just refused it, you know because it was too low or whatever reason, then they go into the follow up status. And once they're labeled a follow up status, that's the category that we're going to take all those leads and and they start getting uh, into our follow up system that way. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, and Podio has just been amazing for that. And it's you know, it's free up to 5 users, so it's 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 been unbelievable. 
you know, there's this thing called right signature, right signature, and I th- I may be wrong, but I, I think it's saw owned. That. I think it's yeah, owned by Citrix. Globiflow. But there, if you just Google Globiflow, right signature, and there's a way that they'll show you in there, and we also have this in our realautomation.biz stuff. Um, there's a way that you can actually from Podio email a contract to a seller through right signature. The seller, if they sign it, that attachment will automatically be attached into Podio. And you can create a task for yourself to go get it and follow up, etc. Um, so unlike the other electronic signatures out there, that stuff will send out for you. But, you know, if it still comes back, you have to go look for it and bring it back into Podio. But with right signature, right. it automatically brings it back into Podio for you. It's really cool. Um, now... Yeah. I wanted to ask you too, Doug, how are you doing, like if a seller is not motivated or not ready to do a deal yet, are you still sending them an offer? Yeah, so we, we send an offer nearly nearly every off, uh, every seller that calls in. And I say nearly because there are some that are, are so far off in their expectation or or it's somebody who, um, you know, we just don't want to offend, <laughs> to be honest, yeah. with our with our low offer. So probably 80% or 90% of the leads definitely get an offer because it's just a click of a button. Just like you said, we've got five or six ways to send offers and it's, you just click the button, like email an offer and it will populate from your fields in Podio. And yeah, it goes out immediately or even mail an offer. It will, you know, send it to our person who's going to print it and put it in the envelope. And, um, you know, there's just, it's so easy to do it. And it saves so much time. So, I mean, we definitely are, you know, going to send an offer. Hey, Joe, the it. whole click, click to mail, is, that thing is, works actually pretty cool. I don't know if you knew about that, Doug, where um, you could set it up in um, Podio to send to click to mail, uh, email to mail, and it will set up in a whole envelope. You just have to approve it, and it will go out in the mail. You still have to approve it? Yeah, well... I put it so you would have to approve it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, there's click yeah, to mail has a feature. Click to mail has a feature called email to mail. And basically you have Globiflow create the contract for you and then email it to email to mail's email address. Right. And then if, as long as it's coming from one of your approved email addresses, then they'll print the attachments and actually mail it to whoever's in the subject line. Exactly. Right. Yeah, it's pretty slick. Yeah, and another way we use Podio for those who are actually rehabbing properties out there, um, we've set up a whole workspace, like a design workspace with our contractor, so that you know my wife is a designer and she'll she set up different items for every every piece of tile, every piece of carpet, every paint color, every granite oh, color wow. that we that we use, and all she has to do is when that project goes in there is just click on click on the colors, click on the tiles that she wants for that project. And it, you know, and our contractor is working in there with him, with her and he can update her on the status and, and uh, they can communicate back and forth through there. It makes it really a good, you know, system. That's cool. That's really cool actually. So you're managing your new rehabs and so you've pre-selected the colors and the finishes and stuff like that in there. Right. Yeah. We just set those up as items and, um, we have an item app, and in there is you know uh, different categories of paint or 
uh, flooring or, you know, if you do a lot of rehabs and I think we have about uh, 10 or 12 going right now, sometimes it gets to be a lot Yeah, and you need some kind of organization, you know, system to communicate back and forth. And, and not only that, but it's there for everyone to see. And it's sort of an accountability. Like, no, look, I chose I chose this tile, <laughs> not this one. Boom. You know, um, that, you see it right there. that is why I love Podio so much. Um, because, now, I'm not going to knock any other system, okay, because they're good. In fact, FreedomSoft is coming out with an updated version. Uh, our buddy and friend, Rob Swanson, has done some amazing things to make it better, more improved. But I'll tell this even if he was here. You can't, you can't customize it like you can with Podio. So let's say you're rehabbing deals yeah. or you're you're collecting you have a you're you're in the uh, your hobby is collecting um you know I'm just looking right now at this I I drink coffee at Starbucks and they stick these things inside the cup so it doesn't spill you know what those things are those anyway spill stoppers let's say you collect spill stoppers and you want to create some kind of way to track how many that you've collected every day and from what Starbucks and from what city and, you know, the dates and what the weather was like when you collected these things and what kind of coffee you got with it. Well, guess what? You can go into Podio and build an app that tracks all of that stuff for you. And let's say you want to publish it with all of your other friends that that have weird hobbies and then they can all see what you're doing and you can share each other's exciting stories. And that's, <laughs> where did I go with that? But th- that's something that you can do in Podio, right? And, and anybody yeah. who is looking at and, and hearing us talk about Podio and you have no idea, just go to Podio.com, sign up for a free account, go to YouTube, look up some videos. Um, uh, my business partner, Dan, and I have a, a little business called Real Automation, realautomation.biz. Get some information about what we're doing there with Podio, and we've custom-built a lot of different apps and workspaces. But, you know, it's it's really powerful, and once you learn it's so simple, you can start creating anything you want out of it. Yeah, I, I'm a Real Automation member myself, and Dan is a genius with those flows, yeah, and they're just is. some really cool time-saving tricks that uh, that can be implemented. And I, I love it because, uh, you know, if you use Globiflow, it'll tell you, you've saved, you know, 130 hours this month just from your flows. Yeah, that's um, BS. I don't know if I believe those numbers. <laughs> but I know what you're saying. You do save a lot of time. If it's really that much, yeah, maybe. <laughs> but, okay, Doug, <laughs> listen, you're coming out with a podcast real soon. What's it called? Yes. Spouses Flipping Houses. I love it. That is, uh, yeah, that's the name of it. It's my wife and I. It sounds like um, an HGTV show or something. <laughs> it, it does. I, I like the name. I hope everybody likes it. It's kind of catchy. Uh, yeah, you know, podcasts have been such a huge part of, of our education, and we love listening. Even today, I've got, you know, a dozen podcasts that I'm listening to all the time for real estate, for business, entrepreneurship. And we just, you know, we thought it would be fun to, to do it. We have a little more time now. Um, who knows what opportunities may come from it, deals, uh, just other connections we may have. Um, I don't know, you know, hopefully people will listen, but we're, we're in the process of, uh, we've got one episode now. And by the time this podcast airs, we should have, you know, four or five out there, but, uh, yeah, spouses flipping houses. I love it. I love it. And what's going to be kind of the focus of it? 
So it'll be uh, real estate investing, business entrepreneurship, but with the um, the specific uh, you know niche of of those who want to do it together as a, a spouse or with a loved one. Yeah, you know, a brother with a father son. There's a lot of people who who are out there trying to do this business with somebody else who is not just a partner, but actually you know a family member or someone who you love. And there's a lot of dynamics that are that have to be, you know, learned and addressed and, and thought about. You know, when, when Andre and I speak at different clubs on occasion, the, the biggest questions we always get is, you know, how do you guys do this together as a married couple and not kill each other? And, and how do you, you know, balance your marriage and your business life and, and all of that? So it's a big topic and we like talking about it. And hopefully we have some experience and some, some things to offer yeah. uh, in that regard. Yeah. Very good. I think it's going to be a good success because it's unique and um, nobody else is really kind of talking about that. It's a, just a different angle. Where can people go, Doug, to get more information about the your website or your show? Uh, spousesflippinghouses.com. Awesome. That's our website. Yeah. Spouses you can get information on the show there. We also have some projects that we've, we've done and um, some blo- blog posts and things like that. Excellent. Um, okay, cool. And spousesflippinghouses.com, we'll have a link to that in the show notes. If somebody is interested, Doug, is maybe in the Southern California market and is maybe interested in partnering with you on some deals, um, maybe wants to lend you a bunch of money. What, uh, <laughs> is, how could somebody, is that the, still a good website to get you at or should they look up SoCal Home Buyers? Uh, yeah, they can go there or they can go to, uh, SoCalHomeBuyers.net. Okay. Not a dot com, dot net. Or they can email me at Doug at SoCalHomeBuyers.net. Just so spelled out. So, home. yeah. If you want to reach out, please do. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks, Doug, for being on the show. We really appreciate it. And Andrea, Andrea, uh, Andrea, Andrea. <laughs> And uh, tell her hello for us, and, and uh, we wish you guys the best of success with this podcast. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing it and listening to it, and I encourage everybody else to check it out. Hopefully, by the time this podcast is released, we, uh, you'll, see, you'll see Doug on the podcast airwaves as well. Very nice. Well, thank you, Joe. really appreciate the opportunity to be here, and it was, it was a good time. Yeah. Appreciate it. Thanks, Alex. All right. Thanks, guys. See ya. See ya.